So they walked into the room, the two of them, and sat down. And I waited really without any sort of extraordinary anticipation to hear what Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert had to say about the NFL draft they just completed. At which point, the head coach seriously sabotaged his GM. Good morning to you. Good Sunday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is a special edition of Daily Shot of Steelers, following up on the NFL Draft. Daily Shot comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. I also have them on Penguins and Pirates, if you happen to be into hockey and or baseball. Tomlin went through some requisite remarks about the caliber of the draft, and then he started. Then he started letting his GM know that he wasn't about to wriggle out of there without some serious waterworks. Yeah, I'd like to open by by acknowledging this guy to my left here. Um, His contributions to this organization for 22-plus years uh, has been exceptional. It needs no endorsement from me. I think it quite simply it speaks for itself. Um, I've had an opportunity to come alongside this gentleman for 15 of those years, and I just want to say it has been an absolute pleasure, um, not only in terms of, res- of results, um, but the process itself. Um, it's been a pleasure to come alongside him and evaluate talent and make the critical decisions and you know, there's a lot of challenges in our business, but the spirit in which you attack them is everything. And um, it's just been a pleasure to work with him. Um, his mark and impact on us um, will continue to be felt, um, played out in the lives of, of the men that we selected here today. And I just wanted to say that. Thank you um, for 15 quality years right here. There was a warm handshake exchange there between the two men, and you think to yourself, maybe that'll be it. You know, I mean, he is, after all, the same Colbert who's been with the franchise for more than two decades. He's not going to crack. There's no way. He's going to try to just brush this away as quickly as he can and start talking about fifth and sixth rounders. Nope. Instead, this was what happened. I'm proud that we've added to that room. Um There was four trophies. There was four when we got here. And you knew the task. Sorry, brother. Think about DMR. And being able to add to that room means a ton. But it doesn't mean it's over. The next step, I mean, we gotta we gotta get more than. And uh, we'll never lose that. But it means a lot. Now those long pauses that you picked up there were exactly what they sounded like. Colbert had his head down. Colbert had his eyes mostly hidden from view, trying 
to do anything that he could to keep it together. And in doing so, he showed all of us who followed Pittsburgh's football team in the most beautiful and powerful way what he's really all about and in turn what this team's all about. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. A little context here, the media room on the south side where they house all of us reporters is adjacent to the trophy case that Colbert was referencing. It's in a hallway that's behind that room. So when he spoke of the trophies, his thumb went back over his shoulder. And that tells me, and this isn't exactly a a leap on my part, that because I know those hallways and which way they twist, he thought about this as he walked by that case on the way to meet with the media. And it's absolutely picture perfect that this GM, as much as any that I've covered in Pittsburgh, and I've covered a couple of Hall of Famers, would be moved in that moment by his greatest accomplishments and the accomplishments that he sees himself as standing out in a long, illustrious career. One of those Super Bowls, of course, came with Bill Cower, the other with the gentleman seated to his right, and his undying emphasis on adding to the case on wanting to win more, and on offering that remarkable, humble line that he would about how he'd hang around if he felt confident that he could, and I quote directly, help, not hinder. Imagine turning that offer down if you're Art Rooney. Colbert stayed in the background, and as open and inviting and cordial as he was with all of us in the media, myself included, but way more important than that, with people like you in settings like Latrobe, at team events, in the significant charity work that he's done through the team. If you've met him, I don't need to describe anything about him any further than this. This is a good man, an every man, an ego-free man who allowed himself, no, insisted on staying in the background, letting his coaches do the speaking, letting his coaches have some of the loudest voices within an organization of any in the NFL. And that does not just apply to Tomlin. That also applied to Cower. And if anyone wondered in any step along the way, why he was like that, why he was comfortable in that role, in those shadows. This 
This scene may be for the first time, ironically, considering it was on his way out, shed the light on that. He was only, only focused on adding to that case. And my goodness, he still, still wants to do it. When we come back, just one question. Just one question, and that comes on this program, courtesy of Mike's Beer Bar on the North Shore, directly across from PNC Park, home of more than 500 craft brews, 350 of those being local, and 80 of those on tap, which isn't to suggest they don't have the conventional beers either. Mike's just happens to be the premier destination for beer and, in particular, craft beers in our region. Check out Mike's Beer Bar right across from PNC Park on Federal Street. The queue today really isn't a queue. And I got to tell you, that's principally because I didn't really get any. It's funny how this works. And Fans of the Steelers are more guilty of this, I dare say, than of the other two teams in town that I cover. Fans of the Steelers, when they're happy, they just basically shut up. Like, they just stop complaining. It's the equivalent of fans of the other two teams jumping up and down and screaming, and yeah, this is great, what an awesome thing. But for fans of the Steelers, it's more like, all right, we liked this draft. We're going to delay our complaining for like, I don't know, maybe a week or so. You know what I mean? So when I got this message sent my way from Thomas Babylon that just said, I like it, DK. I really like it. I thought to myself, that's perfect. That is perfect to represent, I think, the way most fans at least the ones who are expressing themselves at all, feel about this draft. It's an unusual draft in that there's not a whole lot of high ceiling. Uh, Maybe I guess you could say that about George Pickens. You could probably also put Kenny Pickett into that category just because of the position that he plays. And if he plays it really well, the ceiling for your team takes off. But Mike Tomlin himself referred to Pickett as a guy with a floor that they liked. And for anybody who doesn't understand that lingo, what that means is because of Pickett's known tangibles, his accuracy, his ability to read the field, uh, his ability to react to situations that present themselves that might be unexpected, That makes him a guy that they know can be an NFL quarterback. He's not just going to crumble and become nothing. Whereas when you're talking about a ceiling guy, you're probably talking more about someone like a Malik Willis who has these extraordinary athletic gifts, but would have been, as I've been saying all along, probably a two-year project. Pickens' issue has been 
the knee, obviously, with the ACL. Before that, there are a fair amount of people who believe that he would have been a top 10 overall pick had he been able to play all season with Georgia, never mind being part of a national championship team and all the spotlight and everything else that comes with it. He did come back and play in the championship game, caught a 52-yard pass and everything. I'm not taking that away from him. I'm just saying it would have been an even bigger deal, infinitely bigger deal. They might have spoken of him as the number one receiver in the class. But other than that, as you go through the draft, as you go through this entire class, that the Steelers completed. And we'll be getting into a lot more detail about this in the days and weeks to come. What you'll see is a whole lot of this guy is really good at catching the football sort of comments, as opposed to we believe that he can become this and that deep downfield combat catches and whatever. Calvin White, the, the other wide receiver they picked up, is probably a good example of this. He's not a big guy. He's really someone who profiles as a slot. Not that that's a small thing in the NFL these days. But his best trait, and the same goes for Pickens, is that they have really good hands. They have sure hands. They hold on to the football. Well, imagine valuing a receiver because they can hold on to the football. DeMelvin Leal, the Defensive lineman that they picked up in the third round out of Texas A&M is kind of in the same mold. Obviously, he's in the third round, so comparing him to Jordan Davis out of Georgia would be ludicrous, and I'm not going to do that. But one of the things that had people and still does have people so stoked about Davis is that he's got all this high-end capability, physical this, physical that, and his numbers weren't really there. You know, his snap count wasn't really there. So he's either going to become some sort of explosive performer based on his physical skills and becoming uh, stronger and more durable and more versatile. But here's Leal, who is principally a, a pass rusher from the defensive line standpoint. And I like that. I like that a lot. And I remember when the Steelers moved up to get Isaiah Loudermilk last year. There was some, what? What is this? What are they doing? Why is that? He's, you know, he's mostly a run stopper. In today's NFL, you got to be able to get to the quarterback. I don't care who you are. I don't care what position you play. Uh, there's no such thing as the Casey Hampton nose tackle anymore. You've got to be able to get to the QB or at least make his life a little bit uncomfortable. My point is these are all basics. The guys that they got, if I had a theme for this draft class that Colbert and Tomlin put together, it's that they're good at the basics. They have a good floor. They're not going to disappoint, or at least the chances of them disappointing is going to be a lot lower. In general, I tend to prefer ceiling drafts. I tend to prefer getting Lamar Woodley, even though he's never really been an edge rusher in college, and showing him how to edge rush because you believe that he had the physical capabilities and other aptitudes to get to the quarterback regardless of where he was in college. I believe in taking T.J. Watt, even though he played on the other side of the ball for a good portion of his college career, 
Why? Because you see something. You take a little bit of a gamble. Not all of them will pay off, but the ones that do pay off big. That's not where this franchise is right now. This franchise, as much as they don't like to admit this, had needs entering this draft. It needed more competition at quarterback, more of a future at the most important position. It needed, my goodness, it needed wide receivers in the plural. And anybody who's been listening to this show knows that's the way I've been describing that need now for weeks. I didn't want to see one wide receiver. I wanted to see multiples. Well, there they came in the second and fourth rounds. So yeah, my man, I like it too. I like it too. Right now, in the moment. Let's see how things roll out. That's the fun part anyway, right? I appreciate the question. I appreciate well, Actually, it wasn't even a question. I appreciate the sentiment. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll be back on our regular schedules beginning tomorrow morning.